There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. I'm so stirred up. I'm so stirred up. I'm stirred up because when you recognize the majesty of our God, you'll get stirred up. And so this morning we have another message and uh, the formation of it came uh, in, in, in the wee hours of my morning and it was beginning to shape up and um, it's just, it's just phenomenal because really, if you know me for a little too, too more than just a day or two, uh, this is really the theme of my walk. It's really the theme of my walk and um, that we are called to a good fight of faith. That we are called to a good fight. Um, and so I was going to initially title this call to a good fight. And of course, when we talk about being called to a good fight, then if we've been in church for more than a year or even less than that, then we'll finish it off. Uh, we'll, we'll finish off that uh, beginning of a sentence or that theme with, yes, because we win. And so that moment we think, yes, it's a good fight because we win, which is the truth. But on some level, it almost, it almost puts us on sleep mode. We win, so whatever. I, we win. Whatever I go through, I win. And so you're really not engaging in the fight to win it. And so, um, as, as this morning, right before the worship moment here, I was praying and the Lord gave me the title and it's, the champions walk. The champions walk. The champions walk. The champions walk is a walk that's marked by victory. You can't be a champion if you haven't won a few. You can't be a champion if you don't have a title. What is our title? Children of the Most High God. That's our title. Christian. Ha <laughs> ha. The overcoming Jesus lives, I'm stirred up, lives in me. Who lives in you today? Not fear, not worry, not anxiety, not fretting because the devil got an upper head in world politics, whatever. Bring it down, bring it down and bring to remembrance who you are. You are a child. You're a son of the living God. And first John tells us, John wants, um, yeah, First John tells us that if we're born of God, born of God, are you born again? And if you're not, all you have to do is come to the recognition of the Lordship of Jesus. Come to the recognition of the sacrificial laying down of his life that he did for you and I, humanity. For the sin that we could not disengage from. He became sin so you and I can walk free before God, justified because of the blood of Christ that he shed. And when we recognize that, faith comes up, rises up, that we declare Jesus is Lord indeed, and my knee bows to him alone, and my tongue confesses him as Lord and Savior. You at that moment are born again, and at that moment you got victory. Victory over every circumstance, every circumstance, every circumstance, every circumstance. The very moment that you're in right now, you will triumph over it when you realize you are the champion of the world because Jesus lives in you. It's not a rara, let me puff you up message. This is Christian reality. You are called to a fight. There is an assured victory out 
come, should you engage in this warfare according to the ways of God? Not according to flesh and blood. Not according to strife and unbelief and anxiousness of mind. What does Paul tell us? What does Paul tell the Corinthians? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 10. I got a lot of verses. I'm, I'm just pausing before the Lord to see the, the, the flow of, of the, the, my verses here. So 2 Corinthians 10, we'll start there. Mm -mm -mm -mm. A lot of verses I have lined up, and a lot of these verses are very common verses. But you know, it's not about how commonly you've heard them. Is are you living them out? Are you living out reality of dominion today? Are you walking the champion's walk of defeating every power and principality in your way? Because you know in Christ it has been defeated, but you've got to walk it out. You've got to dominate the lies and the deception. You've got to dominate the accusations in your mind. You've got to dominate and bring to naught every foul argument that's rising up above the knowledge of God that's telling you by his stripes you're not healed because symptoms are lording it over your body. Lies, lies, lies. Nothing but a lie. 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3, verse 3, how many times we've read this just here, me, myself, in front of the camera. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. When would we get that in our understanding? <laughs> We're getting it. We're getting it. We don't war according to the flesh. What does it look like to war according to flesh? To just live a life that's mere human. Mere human. How does a human get along in the world? By wanting to win every argument. By wanting the last word in the argument. By wanting everyone to know how right they are. By trying to escape a guilty conscience, I'm going to prove to someone else uh, 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 I'm innocent. Foolishness. You don't have to validate yourself. You don't have to vindicate yourself in Christ. You don't have to prove to anyone who you are, who you're not. You know who you are. You live a resurrection life here on earth because when he arose together with him, we arose far above powers and principalities. So to war according to the plan of God. Hey, let's go to verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. To war according to the plan and purpose of God is not to be carnally minded. Ha ha, right there, number one. The number one failure in the body of Christ is carnality, carnal mindset. They don't like me. Uh, whatever. I don't know how it plays in people's heads.
I was born the wrong track. The wrong side of the track, is that what you say? And so I'll always know this kind of a life. Busted, defeated, broke, good for nothing. Oh, hush it down. Hush it down. Because we cannot be in the carnal mind. We're not to know ourselves after the carnal nature. How are we supposed to recognize ourselves when I think of, of who I am now? It's after the Christ nature. I'm to acknowledge every good thing I have in Christ Jesus. And that's not for me to acknowledge it when someone's listening. It's in my own quiet moment. For me to know, I cannot be defeated. Oh, I will not quit. I am from above. And no matter what's facing you, no matter what's wanting to talk to you, you hush it down. How? By saying, I, 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 I don't know you. I've got no part of your lower nature. I'm born from above. I only hear the voice of the good shepherd. These messages that we hear are to be lived out every day, every moment. And I, Desi Schneider, have to live out dominion every moment of every day over my carnality, over old emotions, over wrong thoughts, every moment. I have to exercise dominion over my flesh and reckon the old man dead or reckon that thing as having no voice to dictate which way I go. And that is intense. <laughs> the good fight of faith. It is a fight. So really, when we say the good fight of faith, the focus should be on the fight, not the good part. The good is already a given. Christ did that for us. He conquered. He defeated powers and principalities. Keep your hand in 2 Corinthians. We're going to go to Colossians 2. I love Colossians 2, this, this, this part here of, of 2.14. Well, really... Verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh when we were dead in sin beyond a hope. Beyond, beyond a living hope. Strangers to the covenant of God. Gentiles in our minds. He, through this new birth, through what he has done for us. And as through faith believing in what he's done for us, he has made us alive. Do you believe this? Made me alive. What does that mean? I'm not going to die. Oh, why should I be afraid? Why should I be afraid? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Why should I be afraid if he has made me alive? Afraid of accidents. And I can almost hear my son talking to me right now. Uh, he wants to get a bike. <laughs> he wants to get a fast bike. <laughs> just The thought just came. The Lord is fending for you, big guy. Why should we be afraid? 
Why should we be afraid when he has made us alive together with him? Having forgiven you all trespasses, we have passed from death to life forever. We have already <laughs> been recognized in the spirit as children of the living God. Born from above, above every moment. And so now the deception comes to tell us that really, really, uh, really, it's not quite so. But then we go to verse 14. It is exactly so that Jesus, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, all the accusations that were against us, all the, all the wrong things that the enemy knew we did. For he is the legalist. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is like an attorney on legal terms working against you, accusing you in the court of so-called justice. But Jesus has destroyed that accusation. He has annulled it, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. What then can be contrary to you? You see, those contrary thoughts that come to you, I speak to myself. There are some days where my mind is bombarded with contrary thoughts. So then what do I do? Do I just sit on the little chair and do boohoo, cry, cry, call my husband, pray for me? I have done that. It doesn't work. I can always call my husband for prayer, but the boohoo part doesn't work. I have to recognize what he's done. I have to start acknowledging myself after this new birth in Christ because there I know that, that every accusatory, every contrary statement against me has been annulled and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The biggest weapon that you have in Christ is the weapon of the cross. And how little will emphasize the cross of Christ. Because through that cross, Galatians says, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Who is, who is the Lord over the world system? Satan. Through the cross, Satan has been rendered defeated and has been pushed far away from me. Because why? I'm far above him now. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He resurrected. He resurrected and now has given us the power called the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, He Himself, the Spirit of the living God. He has given us Himself. Resurrector. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Do you believe? That's what He said to Martha and Mary at the tomb of Lazarus. Do you believe? That I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that in his resurrection and in his life, you have been quickened into eternal life? So that now let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. We have now weapons 
for this warfare that are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. I was thinking of John G. Lake. I was thinking of uh, Lester Summerall. I was thinking of um, all these names of flashing this morning before me. Catherine Kuhlman, Smith Wigglesworth, what did they know about their God? Having raised the dead back to life. The miracle working power that the Lord, that the Lord demonstrated through Catherine Kuhlman, she just got on stage and miracles broke out. Deliverances broke out. Twisted bows came in alignment. This is our God. What did they know about their God? That he is above all. That he is a mighty king. That in him are all possibilities. And to the one that believes him, all things are made possible. The degree of possibility that you live in today is a reflection of the degree of your faith persuasion in the God where there is no impossibility in. This is the walk of a champion. To walk far above and to know I have weaponry that's been given to me to defeat every foul assault. Every foul assault, every contrary thought that's coming against me today. Ah, We are from above. Live life from above. The weapons of our warfare, let's try to finish this verse, are not carnal but mighty in God. Why? Why mighty? This is why I was mindful of the heroes of faith, just the names I mentioned here. And of course, we have a whole chapter dedicated, Hebrews 11, mentions name. And even there, he says, I don't have time to mention all the names. These weapons that we have are mighty in God. Where are we right now? In God. Mighty, we are God's weapon. <laughs> Made the life today quickened. And he's given us the arsenal of himself, the very armor of God. Who are you today? In not mere flesh and blood. That it is twisting every moment of your life to bring forth delusion and deception. A perverted lie. You silence him with truth by pulling down strongholds of accusations and lies. The way we're raised up. Casting down arguments. And you wait, you wait this afternoon, the pressure would come up. The way you responded with it will show you where you're at with this verse. If you're complacent and just wait for someone else to do your prayer work, someone else to do thinking for you, then you're not walking in the might of God. You're not. You're not. You're walking in your old carnal man. And we all were raised with certain practices, certain things that are very familiar. 
like a knee-jerk response. Uh, financial issues, another resolu resolution to that. Family issues, another resolution to that. But God says, we are now from above. And the resolution has already been given. Life eternal. Only life, only living hope. Only living hope. Only upward and forward. That's all I know. I'm going, I'm going forward. I will be found in the press of faith to the very end. So help me, God. And he is helping me by mighty Holy Spirit. He is helping me. He is helping us. He's given us the comforter to lead us into our truth. And so that we can cast down arguments, verse 5. And every high thing, every lying thing that wants to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, every prideful thought, every high thing that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, seize it, apprehend it, shut it up. Shut it up. I love the word shut up. <laughs> yeah, I do. Where the devil's concerned. Where my flesh is concerned. Shut up. I bring every thought in obedience to the word of God. The obedience of Christ looks like an obedience to the word of God. And being ready to punish all disobedience. Punish disobedience. Pay no attention, that's how you punish it. Reject it, that's how you punish it. When your obedience is fulfilled. When your obedience is fulfilled. Because we have an adversary. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. You have an adversary. A champion's walk is one that knows that they have an adversary that they can take down at any time they want to and they are. Has the winner's title. A champion of champions. Our Jesus made the way for us to walk in this dominion. The good fight of faith. Don't, don't be shy. Don't be shy to go and disarm and to, 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 to disarm the devil's lies against you. How do you do that? By silencing them. Look at this. First Peter 5, 5. We're going towards 8. Likewise, you younger men, younger people, Submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that's why we're to bring down every high thing that's exalting itself above the knowledge of God. Anytime you, you depend on your carnal men to do something for you, To get you ahead in life without the submission to the will of God. We are moving in an arrogance, in self-dependence, and not submitting, not submitting to his lead. And the word says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. There has been such a misunderstanding of spirituality in Christianity. 
And the number one misunderstanding is the lead of the Holy Spirit. The most spiritual experience that you ever have is in thus says the Lord. The most spiritual thing you can ever experience is the light of revelation that the Holy Spirit discloses through the instruction, through his lead. And because we miss this primary function of the Holy Spirit, then we are vulnerable to any old voice out there, whether the voice of our flesh, whether demonic incantations and insinuations that sound very reasonable, very reasonable. After all, it's the right thing to do. This is how my tradition does it. And so then, so then, there's no sobriety in our walk in Christ. There's no vigilance because we think anything we can do because we are now Christian and so surely we hear the voice of God. But if you're not experiencing, experiencing the Holy Spirit revelation of truth, you're not experiencing the word of the living God. You're rejecting the most spiritual experience that you're given in Christ. This life divine that is found in the word of God. And you're susceptible to every wicked voice of destruction. So that, so that, so that we become arrogant in ourselves. Because we know more verses than so and so. Because we are quick in living through our pages of the Bible to locate the books. I don't know all the books of the Bible where they go. I still use concordance. I do. I go back to where was Job again. Actually, just the other day I found it was before the Psalms. I'm like, right, I think I should have known that. Really, at the end of the day, it's about the state of your heart, fully submitted to the way of God. Because that's where his grace abounds. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you. The mighty hand of God. Humble yourself to use the weaponry of God that are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, this walk of a champion is a walk of submission to God. This walk of a champion is a walk of obedience to the word of God. Your might and your power is in your submission to truth. <laughs> Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> Intense it can be. Because truth is confrontive. Truth is a double-edged sword. Truth is a crucifier to my flesh. Truth leaves no wiggle room. There's no gray zones in truth. It's either truth or it's a lie. You either believe truth or reject truth. There's no in between. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I just did a recording about, I just spoke about Zacchaeus. I'm not sure if it was last Sunday or, or when I said it must have been last Sunday as well, but that exaltation comes from God. After we have come down from our lofty place, last Sunday's message was about that. Casting all of our cares upon him, for he cares, but look 
at the very next verse. After verse 7, after verse 6 is verse 7, and after 6 and 7 is verse 8. So let's read 6 and 7 again. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober. I thought, I thought maybe after 7 he says, okay, you can just rest now. God's taking care of you. God's taking care of all your cares. But look at the purpose of it. Is that you be sober and vigilant. Because when you are in the middle of cares and anxiousness of mind and pride and arrogance, you are not sober minded. You're drunken with the lust of the world. You're drunken with the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. And that's when you're the most susceptible to total distraction. And yes, we can cheer on. Yes, good fight of faith because I win. But if you're stuck in cares, if you're stuck in pride and arrogance, you're going down. Because what does the word say? What follows pride? A fall. So really, when we talk about a champion's walk, when we talk about being called to a good fight of faith, we are called to alertness, alertness, a vigilance that is of the Holy Spirit, a lead, a lead that solely the Holy Spirit can show us and navigate us out of every snare that Satan has wanting to entrap us with, has set up for us. There is a demonic setup for your life, by the way. That you in Christ are to escape at all times. To dominate at all times. Because your foot does not need to be in that snare. Because you are far above now. All powers and principalities are under your feet. Be sober, be vigilant, because you adversary the devil, your opponent. You have an opponent. It's a good fight of faith. Let's keep your hands there. Paul to Timothy. Paul to Timothy talks about being a good soldier. You're a soldier. I don't want to be a soldier. I just want to be, I don't know what, in the green pastures of God. <laughs> When we are in the word of God, we are in the green pastures of God. But we are walking in a world that's fallen. That's full of snares. That's not green pastures. The word is my green pastures and my still waters. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 2. Actually, chapter 1. Chapter 1, let's see, 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. That there's a call of God on his life. That by them you may what? Wage the good warfare. That you may wage the good warfare. 
Look at verse 19. Having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. Faith is how you overcome. That which has overcome the world, it's even our faith. And that's what Peter will tell us here if we keep reading in verse 9, 9 in First Peter 5. We'll go to it after. Resist Satan steadfast in the faith. And so here back to First Timothy 1, 19. Having faith in a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith and have suffered what? Shipwreck. Have fallen into many snares. By rejecting truth because faith comes through the word of God. Make these verses connect in your life. See the truth. Don't just parrot the verses. But live out these divine connections called the instruction of the spirit. That solely the word of God keeps you safe with the lead of the Holy Spirit. Next is chapter 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. He tells Timothy again, fight the good fight of faith. It's the fight of faith. Faith comes through the word of God. It's not my carnal man that can do this. My carnal man is reckoned dead. I pick up the cross daily. That's why the cross is a weapon to you. For you to use against every worldly and lustful and prideful thought. I'm dead to it through the cross. And by faith and in faith, I live divine life. Because I'm found in the truth of the word of God, which is imperishable. Which has already conquered Satan, hell and death. Hebrews chapter 2, he defeated death. Second Timothy 2, 3 also. You therefore <laughs> must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare. We are engaged in warfare. You're not to entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. To be burdened with many cares and not be vigilant and not be sober-minded. And so back to four, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Let's go back to Peter. First Peter 5, we finish this portion of verses, maybe stop quickly at, um, in Hebrews, we'll see as he leads here. Verse 8, actually. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, and that word sober is abstain from wine. <laughs> the wine of the world, the intoxication of Satan. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He utters roars that you can hear. But it's up to you who you hear. 
It's up to you to discern the voice of the good shepherd or the roar of a false lion. Surely as a born again child of God, you can make that distinction. And if we're not, it's because we have entangled ourselves with the affairs of this life. It's not God's fault. It's my engagement with what I ought not to be engaged in my disengagement from what I'm supposed to be engaged in, the Word of God. I'm called to a battle that is victorious. I'm called to be a champion like my champion, to have overwhelming victory, but there are places of sobriety that I need to walk in. At all times, at all times, especially in this hour that Paul says to us, it's perilous. Perilous, perilous. Many lovers of money, unthankful, unholy, deceitful. So the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Well, not I, not you and I in Christ, not you and I when we're on the solid foundation of the word of God. We're not devourable then. It's not a given that he will devour. He is looking for the one to devour. The one that will believe his lie. The one that will take the affairs that he dishes against another. The one, the one that does not walk in forgiveness. Doesn't want to walk in forgiveness. Holds a grudge. Keep your finger. There's a really good verse here in 1 Corinthians. I'll just read very quickly talking about unforgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 10, now whom you forgive anything, this is Paul writing, 2 Corinthians 2.10, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive, for if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Verse 11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the many snares and schemes and devices and methodologies is this offense that he dishes out. Being hurt by someone, being betrayed by someone. It is my choice whether I receive that which he dishes out, and I don't. I reject it. I'm already accepted in Christ. I'm already loved before the foundation of the world. To be found before my heavenly Father in love before him forever. That silences all offense. Lest I be taken captive at the devil's will at any time through unforgiveness. No, not I. Let it go. I let it go. Because I'm not a perfect specimen of humanity in my flesh, by the way. And as I need his forgiveness, I release his forgiveness. Thank God I'm not to know myself and you as well after the flesh. 
But we are on this road of transformation from glory to glory. And just like Paul, we haven't attained yet. Last Sunday's message was actually talking about that, attaining to life. Keep on pressing. And this is what the press looks like. Verse 9, resist him, resist Satan, that foul, roaring, lying, false lion. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You're not, you're not so special. You're not the only one going through it. But that, that word, resist him steadfast in the faith, it is standing firm in your faith. You got to stand firm in your faith. I like the inter interlinear translation of that. Whom resist firm in faith? You see, when I'm standing in the word firm, I'm resisting Satan. You see, when I've humbled myself under God's mighty head, God is exalting me. So this warfare is really me being found in faith, me being found standing on the solid rock. That word steadfast, to resist him steadfast in the faith, is, is, the, is the Greek 4731 steros. It's solid, resist him, solid in the faith, firm, steadfast, stable, be stable in that which you believe, in the word. And it's used four times in the New Testament. It's referring to what is immovable, be immovable. Who's going to budge? Not I. Satan will budge every time and always does. Ha ha. I intimidate the intimidate. That's what the Lord said to me many years ago. In prayer, a Christian intimidates the intimidator, Satan. In prayer, in prayer, in your prayer closet, you shut doors of opposition that's wanting to work in your mind. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Immovable. Will not budge, stable, not changing. Don't be shifting what you believe. Today I believe he loves me. Tomorrow I'm not so sure because I messed up. If you messed up, time to grow up. Get back in the word. Renew your mind so you won't mess up again. His love is immovable towards you. So back to that word, steros, steadfast in the faith. We resist him, steadfast. Standing fast without buckling. Ha ha, I love this one. You stand fast without buckling under Satan's pressure. You reject the intimidation. You have a focus that is above. That's what my dominion talk was that, about a focus. Keep your gaze steadfast on the one that loves you. On the one that's called you into this warfare of dominion. So this word was used four times in, in um, the other places is in 2 Timothy 2.19. I'll just give the reference. You can dot them down. And it's nevertheless, the solid or the firm foundation of God stands. That, of course, is regarding the word of God. So when we're standing on the solid foundation of the word of God, we're standing and resisting. It's actually the word of God resisting the devil in me. Uh, the word in me resisting the devil outside of me. Think about it. 
A champion is immovable. Oh, I love, I love dominion that I have in Christ. To stand immovable in the middle of adverse wind and be forward moving. Ha, 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 I love it. Oh, we're built for it. We're built for this. To conquer all things. To subdue all things like God told Adam. Well, in Christ, it's done. And so now, now we're standing on the firm, solid foundation of God. Hebrews 5, 12, to need milk and not the solid food, not the meat of the word. Today, that's Hebrews 5, 12. You can uh, look it up in your own time. Partake of the solid food of the word of God. That is steadfast, that same word, firm. The next one is found in, in, in Hebrews 5, 14. But, the, but solid food is for the mature. And of course, here in 1 Peter 5, 9. But Hebrews 5, 14, solid food is for the mature. You see this growth in Christ from glory to glory as you yield to the renewing of your mind, as you undergo transformation. You are maturing, and this maturity brings forth a steadfastness of a resistance. Oh, wait, can I say all things go according to the will of God in your life? All things comply with the counsel of his will in your life. In your life, in your life, in your life, because your life is his life. I said Hebrews, I got to go to Hebrews chapter 2. Very quickly, very quickly, because I, I got a lot of verses, but I got to touch this one. I, this, I, I've read so many times as well. This is what Jesus has done. He is our champion that we're standing in. He is the word made flesh we're standing in. He is the solid foundation, Christ, the solid rock on whom I stand. And he, Second uh, Hebrews 2, Hebrews 2, 14, and as much as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same humanity. He came in flesh that through death, again, back to the cross where Satan was fully defeated, that through death he might destroy him. Destroy Satan who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. You are the released one today. In Christ, you are released to walk in dominion. First uh, John 3, First John 3, let's see, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Yield your member to righteousness today. Make choices for God to lay down your life to serve him alone. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy. That's the word luo. <laughs> to break up in smithereens, can I say. 
<laughs> to loose, to release, to dissolve, to destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. The word remains in us, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Uh, let's just flip over to chapter 4. This is how we're going to finish. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. This is what it looks like to walk as a champion. Walk as a child of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you, he who is in you, and he abides and remains forever. He who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. Ha ha. Verse six. We are of God. You and I are of God. Ha. Oh, this is so amazing. Let's go to verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And we just read we are of God. We are of love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And we'll just, we'll just stop here and continue next time. To be continued. Amen. We are done. To be continued. There's no end to this message. Oh, my dear. <laughs>